I want to welcome all those joining us online. Uh, we have a lot of people online today. I know a lot's happening with travels and trips and graduations. But a few of those people, we have the Jarvis family, Melody and Lynn, Marvin Lomax, Laura Shoemaker, Jason Black, the Johnsons. Uh, we love you, Brian and Sherry in New Jersey, Jeff Holland, the Shams on their way to Virginia Beach. Um, we have Gary Royce. Gary, I pray for you often. So glad you're online today. Uh, Maritha in Iowa. Uh, Maritha, a couple of weeks ago when I was sharing about us providing meals for people and paying rent, Maritha gives every single week from Iowa. She's on her online family. And not only did she send her regular giving, but she sent a note and said she wanted to give above and beyond to help with some meals and stuff when people need it. I'm so thankful for our family, not just locally and even regionally, but really around the world. Would you welcome all those joining us online today? Let them know how great it is to have them. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and I am so excited about sharing with you on Pentecost Sunday. It's also graduations uh, for a, a lot of students today. We've had several the last few weeks, and, and then this week, uh, several different graduations in the area. Today, uh, one of my daughters, Jalen, is graduating. I have three daughters. Congratulations. To Jalen and all of the graduates uh, that are graduating, uh, whether or not it's different grades in school, years in school, those that are graduating high school, college, university, congratulations. This week, this week I was, um, actually it was yesterday, but I was in my car and there was a couple things, Judge McKinley, that I was trying to uh, see if I could switch on my phone and I'll often ask my kids for help with that. Uh, I'll be like, hey, can you figure this out? And so I give my phone to Micaiah Solomon. He's 11, my only boy. Give my phone to Micaiah, and he's going through my settings, changing this, doing this, and he's showing me, see, it's gone. See, and, and he, he got it all right, uh, but he's doing all these things for me. He hands the phone back to me. We're driving down 97. Uh, he, he hands the phone, phone back to me, tell me, tells me he's all done, which he was. But then he says this, old people these days. <laughs> That's what he said. Old people these days. Uh, oh, man. Uh, old people these days. Speaking of children and students, I, do, I just want to give a public uh, promo for our internship and camp. Uh, if, if you have kids anything like our children at times, uh, there may be things that school or sports gives them, doesn't always make it home uh, in a timely fashion. Uh, but I just want to tell all the parents, grandparents, guardians, if you have the opportunity to put your child uh, in the internship program, I want to, I want to uh, encourage you to do that. It's six weeks, two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I, I know it could sound like, wow, six weeks, or really it's 12 days, <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays. But it can sound like a lot. I get it. I've had parents in the past that say, you know, my kids, part-time jobs and working and all these things. But when you see these students and the impact that the internship makes, not only in the teachings and trainings, but in our partnership with local agencies, and they go out and they serve in the mission and vision. Uh, I've had parents come back to me afterward and say, I'm seeing a son or daughter that I didn't even see before. So I want to encourage you that when you look at the lifespan, the big picture, uh, 12 days isn't really that long to say, I want to give 12 days of my child's life to sow into the big picture plan and purpose that God has for them. And so 
I want to encourage you to consider that. And then our camp, I'm only telling you because the final sign-up is today uh, for the camp. Um, but what's included in that, lodging, of course, three meals a day. Some of the things that they're offering, rock wall, slingshot, paintball, swimming pool, zip lining, basketball, volleyball, uh, that's including all of that. The $275 does not even cover their camp. The church is subsidizing a portion of the camp. Um, and that was just to get the price for you. I understand, especially if you have a few children, to get the price under $300. Uh, we were trying to help with that. Uh, but I do believe that those three nights, four days, I believe that I believe it'll be so impactful for your son or your daughter. Uh, and all not just the fun activities, but even the night sessions. We have people like Jason and Andrea Isaacs driving in to speak. Uh, if you remember Pastor Andrea from our women's conference, also some of the personality Enneagram stuff, she'll be one of our speakers. Uh, we have the house, we have Pastor Ethan speaking a night, Pastor Lonnie Keene speaking a night. It's going to be powerful. Um, and so uh, if, if you can make it a priority to get your child to church camp, some of my greatest spiritual moments uh, was at church camp. It's only 30 minutes away. Uh, so sometimes when it's far away, I understand the anxieties and stuff. Uh, but it's 30 minutes away, and e even if we need to navigate what that looks like for some of you as parents, uh, but I just believe God's going to do some great things at our student camp uh, this summer, and we have had a lot of we have had a lot of children and families that have said, Pastor Micah, we can't pay for our kid to go to camp, or you know, one, one this week said we could pay 100, we can't pay the other 175. We had quite a quite a few um, of of those types of requests. And so may, maybe you're not even sending your children to camp, but you would like to help another child that can go, uh, or you have the wherewithal to help. We have a business owner here in our church. She's high up in the banking world. Uh, her name is Pam, and I, and I don't want to embarrass her, but it was so interesting because they were telling me about all these children and students that could use some help to go to camp. Like I said, we're already subsidizing it, um, but it seemed like it could, maybe even was pushing 20 students uh, that they were telling me about. And I'm driving down the road the other day, and I was thinking, God, just, you know, let some, put, put it on the heart of some people, uh, you know, to help with student camp. I'm driving down the road, and it was unbelievable. Pam calls me and says, Pastor Micah, the last couple days, don't know why, but is there any students that could use help to go to camp? Uh, and, of course, I'm telling her, yeah, there's a whole list. Uh, she said, I would like to pay for three of them. Check's going to be in the mail, $825. And it was just unbelievable. It was almost just confirmation to me um, of, of how important the, these couple of days are going to be this summer. And I believe that our sons and daughters are going to be better for it. You know, part, we're talking day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Part of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit was going to show up for sons and daughters. When you read Acts chapter 2, sons and daughters and so I believe not only today, but even with our student camp, I think it's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. As we go into our message today, I also just want to say happy anniversary to my wife. It's tomorrow, uh, 24 years. Speaking of marriage, I heard the joke about the two ladies that were talking at work one day about how tough marriage was. Come on, ladies, that's your chance to amen. Uh, these two ladies at work were talking about how tough marriage was, uh, and, the, and the one uh, told her friend, said, you know, the first 10 years are the hardest. And her friend said, well, how long have you been married? She said, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. 
why did God create man before woman? Because he didn't want a bunch of advice. <laughs> men, that's your chance to amen. That's your chance to amen. But happy anniversary, happy anniversary, angel. They say, they say behind they say behind every crazy woman is a man that made her that way. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just going back and forth. Uh, I want us to pray today for marriages. Uh, I'm just kidding. Let's pray today. God, I thank you so much for this day. We often quote the scripture, this is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. You knew we were going to be here. Sunshine, 86, 87, 88 degrees. You knew we were going to be in the room. You knew we were going to be online. Speak to us today. Let your Holy Spirit go to work. I don't know the exact count now, but I know a few years ago they told me we have 17 backgrounds here at our church. When I talk about the Holy Spirit, that's 17 different ways that people potentially have been taught or told about the Holy Spirit. So help these people on site and online to not hear Micah. Let them hear you today. It's not about an opinion or a preference or a tradition. Let them hear from you today on this special Sunday. Do something amazing. I pray that you bless every graduation, bless every church today. We have 247 churches in this area, whether it's Crossroads or Mosaic or First Assembly or Fusion or St. Paul Lutheran or the Alliance Church or the Baptist Church or Impact or Berean or Abundant Life or Journey Life or just all of these churches, bless them today. Let your Holy Spirit find every pew, find every row, every chair. Do something amazing in the body of Christ today. Let your church move forward. Anoint me. Anoint me today. I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. I was reading the other day. I was reading the other day, and they, the article was about a, a business. Uh, it was a variety of blogs and Facebook and different things. But they were, they were talking about how they are launching, how, how they're just seeing this uh, really explode. And I was drawn into when it was talking about the growth of, of this particular, the, these blogs, these Facebook posts, this company. And it was all built around, it was all built around this. What are the things you wish you would have said? What are the things that you wish you would have done? And it's exploded. It's exploded with the comments, with the people joining, with the people getting things off their chest, sharing. I wish I would have said. I wish I would have told them I love them one more time. I wish I would have. And, and I was so drawn into how billions of people on the planet could have all of these penned up things on the inside of them that they wish they would have done. They wish they would have said. And the article that I was reading this week was just saying how all of these different avenues and outlets now have seemed like they have skyrocketed just for people to have the opportunity in hindsight, in retrospect, to say, I wish I would have. It got me thinking, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, but it got me thinking, 
what are the things in pastoring that I hope I don't look back and say, I wish I would have. I wish I would have told those people to get married. You knew they should have got married, Micah. I wish I would have told them. I, 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 wish, I wish I would have told that husband, hey, I really think for the sake of your family. I, I started just the other day thinking about all of the things that I hope, and I'm going to be 48 in a couple of weeks, I, I, just, I just hope that, that as I get old, I don't look back and say, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. One of the things that probably would be close to the top of that list is the subject I'm going to talk to you about in the next 30 minutes. That I don't, I don't want to look back over my life and say, I wish I would have talked to more people about the Holy Spirit. About the Holy Spirit. When you look at scriptures on the Holy Spirit, I will share more next weekend as well out of Acts 2 and Acts 10 and some other passages. But today, I want to read two verses out of Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they're not unbelievers, they're believers. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. The first thing that I would submit to you on this Pentecost Sunday is that I believe Christianity is full of choices. Christianity is full of choices. You have free will, you have the power of choice. And so, <clears throat> salvation doesn't twist your arm today. Hundreds of people online, those that are gathered here on site, here in a few moments, if I was to say, okay, every eye closed, no one looking around, the Bible says in Romans, says in the Psalms, we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Romans says all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Today, as you think about that, being born in sin, you can't be good enough. There's only one good, and that's God. If I was to share all of that and say, if today on site or online, you would like to say, God, I want to repent. I want to repent. That means you turn your life around. You turn your life over to God. I want to repent of my sin I want to follow Jesus. If I was to do that here in a few moments, there are not ushers that are walking around grabbing someone's arm or choking somebody out saying, today, today, Isaiah Overholt, you need to raise your hand and say, it's me, Micah. I need to repent of my sin. I need a Savior. It's your choice. You will decide if you want to do that. Every one of us make that decision. Not only is it salvation, but faith isn't forced. Praise isn't pressured. No, nobody, nobody is going around today. Nobody's going around today making you clap, making you raise your hands. No, no one's forcing you into those things. 
Nobody, nobody can force you into forgiveness. Forgiveness is not even a feeling. No, nobody, nobody today, as a matter of fact, the Bible would say this, when you give, don't give out of compulsion. Don't give out of compulsion. In other words, you know, when, when we walk the aisles and we say there's four ways to give and you can give with the envelope you receive, you could text to give. Nobody's walking around today saying, hey, can, can I see your phone right here? I want to text to give for Pastor Clint. Can I, can I text to give on your phone? No one's doing that. It'd be awesome. You might have a great week of giving. <clears throat> but no one's doing that. You don't give out of compulsion. You have a choice. They say 70%, 70% of churchgoers don't give. They don't give. Why? Why would 70% of people not give? Because they have a choice. They have a choice. No, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not for sponsoring Latinos in Cleveland. Or I don't, you know, we were giving away groceries and food yesterday. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to offset summer camp. Those kids need to go to work, Mike. A bunch of lazy bums. They don't need to be off camp ziplining. Get a job. Uh, okay, I got, all right. And the bucket just passes by and, right? Because it's your choice. It's your choice. Nobody signs you up for serving today. Now, Jesus said the greatest of all is the servant of all. But you're not going to leave today and go home and all of a sudden you get a text like, hey, we signed you up to work in kids care next week in the kids ministry. And just so you know, you've got two and three-year-olds. <laughs> you're like, what? <clears throat> right? No one signs you up for that. Because Christianity's full of choices. I would submit to you today that the same is true for this subject, the Holy Spirit. That nobody is forcing the Holy Spirit on you. Nobody's making you do this. This is something that you have to be open to, just like those other things. And if you say no, whether it's forgiveness or giving, you could say no to the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily use the word no. Like you may say, Micah, I'm not saying no to the Holy Spirit, but we could say other things. You know, the Bible would use words like quench and things like that. So my question to all of us today is this, is are you open to the Holy Spirit? Are you open to the Holy Spirit? Are you open to the Holy Spirit? Because the moment I say the Holy Spirit there could be some people that would be like, you know, I'm not even sure I want to go this Sunday. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll come May 30th. But the moment I see the promo or the post, mm, that's not my thing. I don't need all that emotionalism. There, there, could, there could be some people that the moment we say Holy Spirit, a wall comes up and you begin to have flashbacks of, of 10 or 20 years ago of something that you've seen or something that happened. And you're like, oh, Micah, why, why are we talking about this? Are you open to the Holy Spirit? Are you hungry for the Holy Spirit? And if not, if not, then I'm just asking, why? Why? You tell me, why, why don't you want the Holy Spirit in your life? Why don't you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life? 
Maybe, you, maybe you're like these guys in Acts chapter 19. And someone would say, Micah, I'm unaware. I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. If that's you today, then I hope that I can help you in the next few minutes. I think these people in Acts 19, this is very innocent. They said, no one told us. No, that, that's sad. I'm a believer. No one even told me about the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's someone today that you're unaware. Maybe there's others that would say, I'll tell you exactly why I don't believe in it, because they're weird. Right? I've seen a lot of weird before. And the Holy Spirit usually gets the blame. Right? Like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you look at weirdness in the body of Christ, if you meet someone who's been hurt, someone who's scarred, someone who's been damaged, if you walk into a place, turn around and walk straight out like, ah, uh, no. Usually it's not the Father or Jesus. It's not that part of the Godhead that gets the blame. It's the person that's like flipping stuff over or bouncing off the wall or whatever, and they're like, it's the Holy Spirit. I can't control it. Right? The Holy Spirit a lot of times gets the blame. And so today, if you were to say, Micah, the reason I'm not open to the Holy Spirit is because it's so weird. Honestly, I've seen weird. I probably wouldn't even disagree with all of you. Maybe you've heard the statement before, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. In, in, in other words, there are some weird, weird things that have happened in the name of the Holy Spirit that I'm not sure they were the Holy Spirit. Not only do you have unaware or people that could say, Mike, it's weird. I think for some people, you've been warned. You've been warned. So before I ever start talking today, you already have a wall up because you've been warned about this. Some of you, for years and years, you were told, don't get caught up in that emotionalism. Don't, don't, don't. Don't let yourself be part of that cult. But you know, you know how, you know how those and people have different phrases, Jesus freaks and you know, charismaniacs, and there's all these different things that people will say. And because of some of the weirdness, I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you. I understand why you probably were warned. But some of you have been warned and told, don't go close to it, don't be part of it. You wouldn't even want to get in a ministry line. If we had a ministry moment at the church, you might have a job interview this week. You could have a doctor's appointment this week. You could have something going on with your child, and you have every reason to get out of your row and get in a line and come forward to pray. The Bible said if two or three agree, and you should come forward. But because of things that have happened, and you've heard, well, back in the 70s and 80s, they dump oil over people's head. They, like, pushed them back. They had to go to a chiropractor after Micah. Like, I heard they throw blankets on top of people, and you can't even get out. And I've heard a lot of those things. People are down praying over your toes. Some people are rubbing your belly. If you think I'm going to get out and come forward to pray over my job interview, no thank you. I'm not even taking the chance. Right. You know, in ministry moments here, often 
I'll tell our prayer team, be careful of even looking like vultures. I'll tell them that. So now what I, what I mean by that, what I mean by that is this. Sometimes we're aware of things that you're not aware of. So we could be aware that that week they told us this person has cancer, this, this person has to go in for emergency surgery. or this. So we're aware of things that sometimes people will come forward for prayer and then eight or nine or 10 leaders or staff will come around them to pray with them, to comfort them. Well, I always have to tell the staff and team, we have to be careful because there's other people, whether it's VIPs or people that aren't used to ministry moments, they could be out there thinking, if I come forward, I don't want a group hug, Micah. This is not really my thing. But you're watching and you're thinking, what if I go forward? So when you look at 10 people being prayed for, you don't look at the nine good, you're scanning for worst case scenario, and you're like, I just know that's going to happen to me, right? And I'm not chancing it. I'm not chancing it. I go up there, you guys are trying to start pushing me over, like, it's just, it's not my thing. I understand. I understand. Maybe you've been warned. I think on a very serious note, this one, when I'm asking why not, why not? Why not? This is a serious one. I think some people aren't open to the Holy Spirit because you've been taught not to be open to the Holy Spirit. So maybe people have told you that it's ceased. Tongues have ceased. Maybe people have told you cessationism, which it's over, it's done. Maybe people told you it was just for the first century. It was just for the apostles. It was just for those in the beginning. It was just for first generation. It was for dialect translation. People told me it's for dialect translation, Acts chapter 2. It's the rebound. It's the fixing Tower of Babel where all the languages are confounded. In Acts chapter 2, everyone's there, Pamphylia and Parthians and Medes. And, you know, they, they spoke, how hear we them speak in our own language, the wonderful works of God. Pastor Micah, it's dialect translation. Well, that could be true if it's not in Acts 10 and Acts 19 and Romans 8 and Jude 1. And, but, but maybe you've been taught that. Now, I'm not trying to make it two plus two for all of us, but, but do you think it would be even fair for God to say, I'm gonna give you this power, I'm gonna give you this power, I'm gonna give you this helper. It's, the Holy Spirit's called the helper. I'm gonna give you this help in the first generation. But once they get to 2021 and marriages are falling apart and, and kids and you know nations and you know, all of the wars and rumors of wars and whether it's gender stuff and just all of these things. Once you get to 2021, I just don't know if you need the helper. What? I just don't know if you need the power in 2021. Now, I'm not trying to simplify it too much, but I'm just, I'm just telling you to think about it today. I don't believe for one second that God would put us here in potentially these last days or end times and tell us, but they needed the Holy Spirit and you don't. I would submit to you today, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever before. I think one of the reasons when I say, why not? Why not? Why, why don't you want the Holy Spirit? I, I think one of, the, one of the main things for all of us could be that we don't want to lose control. This is a big one. 
Maybe this needs to be your takeaway today. We don't want to lose control. Because I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I think every one of us would have to admit we're a little bit of a control freak. You say, no, I'm not, Micah. Yes, you are. <laughs> From a young age. And every parent could be different. Our, our bedtime is 7.30. Our bedtime is 8.30. Our bedtime at our house is 9 o'clock. It doesn't matter what bedtime you pick. Your kids aren't going to like it. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've heard it said, you've never seen a to-do list that is as long or so long as a young child has when they're told it's bedtime. Hey, it's bedtime, and all of a sudden, I've got to do this, and I've got homework, and I, gotta, <laughs> I need a drink of water. And I need <laughs> because they don't necessarily, even from a young age, don't like to be controlled. You wait until they get older, and you put curfew on them. Or Life 360. Hello. <laughs> Why do you want to know where I'm at? Just to keep you safe, to know where you're at. It's a crazy world out there. No, you're tracking me. <laughs> you're tracking me. I've asked some people before, you know, they'll say, I want to open my own business. And so I'll ask them, tell me why. Tell me why. I'm hoping to hear like vision, mission. I want to change the world. I have something inside of me I believe can make a difference. And a lot of times people will say, there's no one, no one telling me what to do. Like, <laughs> I wasn't really expecting that to be your mission statement. <laughs> I'm a control freak. I want to control my own hours. Okay. You know, sometimes people will say this, Pastor Mike, if I'm in the passenger seat or if I'm in the back seat, I'm a nervous wreck. But if I'm driving, so if someone else is going 65, you might be ready to lose your mind, all the dips and knolls and curves and turns. But if you're driving, you're like, what? What? We're good. What? It's because you're in control. This, this is a remote, and they actually call it a controller. It's called that. It's called a controller. In other words, whoever has this in the room can control the room. It's a controller. Not only do you have those types of things, but if we had time today, which we don't, if you look at a lot of times, whether it's community councils or boards or you can get all these people that whether or not it's a school or a business or a company or even a church, a lot of times people want to control People will say things like this. I hate when people tell me what to do. I would submit to you in our final few minutes that our why often starts with I. Our why often starts with I. Where you could even say I, that's, that's first, that's you. I don't know why, there's your why. I don't know why they sing that song. I don't know why they preach that message. I don't know why they dim the lights. I don't know why they have it so loud. I don't know why the school. I don't know why my boss. I don't know why the employer. I don't know why. Because your why will often start with I. 
And so when we're asking, why not the Holy Spirit, what are the chances that there's something on the inside of you that God needs to say, if I could adjust that, it's not really just your why, we gotta go to the root of this. And if I was to adjust that, what are, what are the chances that you would be more open to the Holy Spirit? When you look at me saying, maybe it's control, maybe it's control, that some people, it's not just unaware, it's not just taught, it's not just that they were warned, it's not just weird, some people just don't wanna lose control. They just don't wanna lose control. When you look at Burger King, it was I want it my way or have it your way, now it's be your way. Frank Sinatra, I was just looking at it this morning in the song, over 30 times he's gonna say I, me, and my, but as he's looking at his whole life, he's going to say I did it my way. I wanna tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not gonna let you do it your way. So I think some people, if they don't wanna be controlled, you probably are not gonna be as open as what you should be to the Holy Spirit. Because just the thought, just the thought of the Holy Spirit taking control of your life. You know, I've often said we have over 100 business leaders in our church, and I love them, always have, whether it's breakfast, lunches, just picking your brain, hearing your wisdom, your thoughts, your creativity, your dreaming. I'm so drawn to that. But I think if you were honest, I think if you were honest, you would always uh, are also have to admit you sort of get your way all the time because you're in charge. So you're always making decisions and choices, and you run your company or your business. You're the man. You're the woman. Well, then when you come to church and you don't get your way, sometimes it's easy to get offended because you're so used to getting your way everywhere else. Well, when you open up your life to the Holy Spirit, you think life 360 is bad? <laughs> you think a mom or dad knowing where you're going is a lot? Well, you wait till the Holy Spirit who... The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are every, you wait till the Holy Spirit starts tracking you. And the Holy Spirit starts telling you, you know what, before you close your eyes and go to sleep, you shouldn't have watched that. You shouldn't have said that. that that's, that's not the life I want you to live. You wait till the Holy Spirit starts challenging you about forgiveness or bitterness or offense. You say, Micah, why are some people not open to the Holy Spirit? Possibly it's because they don't want to be controlled. Because the Holy Spirit will start trying to control your attitude. The people you like. Now, if, if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit, if the Word of God is not something that's prevalent in your life, you may go around, I don't like the Latinos, I don't like this ethnicity, I don't, pa Pastor Micah, why are we doing that in Cleveland and how come? But not if you're full of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not going to let you think that way. Holy Spirit's not going to let you talk that way. What, what if, what if the, the Holy Spirit gets so full in your life and in my life that it was to take over our schedule? I'm just telling you why some people aren't open to the Holy Spirit. What if the Holy Spirit took over your schedule? 
and the Holy Spirit said, you know what, for the month of June, I'm going to, give me, give me your phone, I'm going to control your schedule for the month of June. Yeah, but Pastor Micah, I've got sports and I've got tournaments and I've got the lake and I've, I wonder if the Holy Spirit would be like, hey, Travis and Chelsea, I need you guys to go on a date night. What if the Holy Spirit took your schedule? What if the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want you to get up and pray this morning? Hey, just, I'm going to set your alarm. I'm going to set your alarm for you. We're going to get up and we're going to pray. You see, when the Holy Spirit takes over your life and over my life, here, here's how the Bible would put it. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. So now all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts saying, I want this to be a priority. I want this to matter to you. And you have all of this, you have all of this infilling of God that starts saying, this is how I want you to live. Can you imagine, just think about it, I'm a third of the way through my notes and out of time, but just think about it. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit started giving for you? Like you don't get to decide when the bucket goes by. The Holy Spirit says, I'm actually going to give for you the next month. Some of us would be like, nope, <laughs> no, I will give what I want to give. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit started saying, I want you to help a kid go to camp. You're at the grocery store today checking out a Meyer or Kroger or Walmart. The Holy Spirit's like, I want you to pay for this lady checking out in front of you. What if the Holy Spirit spoke to you today and said, I want you to call or text someone. I want you to apologize for what you said last Wednesday. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit starts running my life? Are you and I often close to the Holy Spirit because we honestly don't want to lose control? Think about it in your worship. Think about it in your worship. As long as you can control everything, let's take this hand, this hand, let's put my hands in my pocket. Let's all clap for VIPs. No, I'm not clapping for a VIP. Let's all clap our hands to Jesus. No, I'm not doing that. And then you start thinking about giving your whole life over to the Holy Spirit. What if I start crying and I don't want to cry? What if I start almost feeling like a warmth on the back of my neck, Micah? Like I don't, that's not who I am. I'm a man. I'm a, well, what if all of a sudden the Holy Spirit tells you, I want you to surrender everything to me today? That's why I'm telling you, I do think warning, I do think unaware, I do think weird, but, but sometimes it's not just about blaming everyone else why we don't have the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have to look in our own lives and say, am I really open to the Holy Spirit? Here in our final few minutes, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. I want to give you these reasons why I think we should, not just why we don't, why do I think we need the Holy Spirit? The, the first is just right here. I think especially in, in 2021, we need the Holy Spirit because we want to live the right way. 
Romans 14, 17, in God's kingdom, what we eat and drink is not important. Here's what is important, a right way of life. You say, but Facebook said, and Instagram said, and I saw on a snap and a story, and CNN told me, and Fox, I understand what they may say about everything in life. I think marriage, and I think family, and I think babies, and I think birth, and I think gender, and I think... But what does God's word say? What does the Holy Spirit say? The Bible says the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. How many want to live? How many want to live the right way? The right way. God, please help me to line these up good like Pastor Clint did. Thank you. Thank you. A.W. Tozer said this, I don't want the world to define God for me. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal God to me. This this next one, I think every one of us could use this. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his, notice this, through through his what? How am I going to get strength? Through his spirit. Through his spirit. How many could use some strength today? Look at the person beside you and just tell them strength. I just didn't want you watching me doing this board. Look at the person on the other side of you and tell them strength. <laughs> Look at the person behind you and tell them strength. <laughs> this next one, why we want the Holy Spirit would just be, be the gifts of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. What church on the planet doesn't want the gifts of the Spirit? So we have the gifts of the Spirit. Good so far, Pastor Clint. He was nervous if I could pull it off. (laughs) Never claimed to be a builder. Then you have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. You have love, you have joy, you have peace, you have patience. Anyone today, you could use some more patience in your life. Anyone married to someone, you wish God would give them more patience. Big chickens. Uh, No one raise your hands, you know full well. Big chickens. Kindness, goodness. That, That word goodness, uh, I believe it's pronounced agath osun, means you do the right thing even if it's hard. You do the right thing even if it's hard. Then you have faith, gentleness, meekness. Very interesting with gentleness and meekness. When you look at that root, root word there, protus, it, it, it means your attitudes or actions. We often think it's to each other. If you look at that meaning of that word there in the fruit of the Spirit, it's actually your attitudes and actions towards God. That a fruit of the Spirit is that when God deals with you, you're not going to like slam the door, fly off the handle. Why does he want me doing this now? Actually, no, you have a gentleness to say, God, whatever you need to change in my life. Whatever you need to do in my life. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Then you have self-control. Can I just submit to you on the fruit of the Spirit? Can I just submit to you this, that you and I, with the fruit of the Spirit, you and I can't make this a to-do list. So I'm not, we're getting ready to close, but I'm not going to tell you. Go to the tent after service today. You're going to get a checklist, love, joy, peace, kindness. This is not a to-do list. A, a church, a religion cannot give you this as a to-do list. This is a fruit of the 
not a fruit of Micah, not a fruit of Storyside, not a fruit of the dream team. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So if I want these things in my life, how do I get them? I have to be full of the Spirit. We then have leadership. Everyone say leadership. Romans chapter 8 will say, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Or John, John chapter 16, led into truth. Led into truth. The Spirit of God will give you leadership in your life. Leadership. And the final thing that's probably the biggest one that can shut a lot of people down and be like, ah, that's why, Micah, this final board. You, you sort of had me a little bit on this. This is the weird one. Now I'm going to start praying in the Spirit. Have you, ever, have you ever seen some people, they could be praying? I've had people tell me before, Micah, I cry, I don't even know why I'm crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. I've had multiple people tell me. I've had people tell me, I felt like it was like a fire or warmth. And other people be like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. You just weirded me out. Or I've watched some people pray before, and they're so overcome I've had some people tell me they had to go sit down before. It's almost like they got weak in the knees. You know, the Bible talks about God moments where people just like laid out before God. I know for some of you, it's like, ah, oh, I just don't know, Micah. I've watched some people pray before and they could be praying and then all of a sudden they, they're like this. I've never really had as much of that happen, but I've watched people where that happened before. And I understand in the moment you could be like, I'm done. I am done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'll take this, I'm going to put it back in my pocket. I'm going to take control back. I'm going to wipe those tears off. Where's my tissue? I'm going to wipe them. I'm not crying in front of all these people. I understand. I'm telling you, I understand that this is not always as easy as what we would want to make it. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, in certain ways we are weak, but the Spirit is here to help us. For example, when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit prays for us in ways that cannot be put into words. Jude chapter 1 verse 20, but you dear friends, use your most holy faith to build yourselves up even stronger. Pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've heard a prayer language. Maybe you hear me read those scriptures that say tongues or and you're like, oh, Micah, I just don't know. I'm telling you, it's one of the most amazing things. I, I, I know you may have to get by some of that either unawareness or warnings or weirdness, but we cannot, just because there's some goofy people on this planet, you cannot give up on God's gifts because a few people are goofy. That's not a good reason. I have actually, and I know I'm being blunt right now and I'm out of time, but I have come off the stage before over the 18 plus years of StorySide. I have come off the stage. Some of these people don't even come to church here no more, but I've come off the stage before and said, hey, 
Will you not shout out like that? If, if you speak loud in a prayer language, that's not how that can happen. Someone would have to explain that. There has to be an explanation or interpreting. People get mad and leave. He's quenching the spirit. No, I'm not. I just understand that if we're going to open this up to everybody, we can't have a few people putting the limelight on them and taking over the whole room. Come down before and I've had to tell people, you know what, can you just come over here? Let's just talk in the middle of service. Say, Micah, why does it even matter? Why are you doing all that? Because I don't want to get to the end of my life and I be on that blog or Facebook or whatever, be like, I should have told them. Yeah, but what if tithers leave? What if givers leave? What, what if half your church walks out? But at least I will have peace of mind that I told you about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. As we get ready to pray today, there are three things for me when you look at building the house. I've been praying all week for you. Been praying all week for you, and I've been praying this. Just, just a personalized prayer. I want the Holy Spirit in my house. I've been praying that you would take that same prayer that I've been praying, and you would just pray it over your own life. I want the Holy Spirit in my house. Can we say it together? I want the Holy Spirit. Can we say it one more time? There's three houses I want the Holy Spirit in. Our house of worship. Our house of worship. We call it Storyside. I want the Holy Spirit in Storyside. The Bible says in Acts 2, it filled the house. Number two, I want the Holy Spirit in the Pelkey house. See, two of my daughters down here have four children. I hope that my kids will always know that dad loved the Holy Spirit. There's more prayers than not, Tim, that I don't know how to pray. Sometimes when, when you're raising, you know, my kids now, 21, turning 19, going to be 13 and 12, Judge McKinley, you know, sometimes we're raising kids. We don't always know how to pray. When I read that verse in Romans, we don't know how to pray. It's like, come on, Holy Spirit, do what I can't do. Do what I can't do. I don't always know how to pastor. Sometimes I'm like trying to juggle all this different stuff. People that are new that's like, I don't understand anything. And other people's like, say more Greek and Hebrew. I need it deeper. Sometimes I don't always know how to pastor, but then I'm like, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. I love our team. I love Larry up here doing guitar licks. He's so good. I love Travis's voice, the little mustache thing he's got going on right now. What in the world, Chelsea? I thought it was like a November thing. I saw it on his like stories. I'm like, yeah, well. Uh, I love our team up here. But can I be honest with you? It doesn't matter how good they do this or drum or keyboard or sing or know a key or a note. If the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, this is just a gig or a concert. But when the Holy Spirit, come on, I want the Holy Spirit in my house. I want it in our kids' ministry. I want it in our student ministry. I want it in Freedom Nights. I want it in our homes. I want the Holy Spirit.
You can stay standing with me. I want the Holy Spirit at Storyside. I want the Holy Spirit in my house. And I want the Holy Spirit in me. I want the Holy Spirit in me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, don't you know, remember Acts 19, they didn't know? Remember that Acts 19, verse 1 and 2, they didn't know. He tells them again, the church in Corinth, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? I love when the Holy Spirit works at Storyside. I want the Holy Spirit at my house. I'll be honest with you, it's not a selfish statement. I want the Holy Spirit in me. Left to my own self, I'm going to say things I regret. Left to my own self, I'm going to do things I'll look back and wish I wouldn't have done. Left to my own self, I could hit snooze when we're talking about those prayer times. I want the Holy Spirit to fill me and say, Micah, let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let me direct you. I want the Holy Spirit in me. And so for some people today, for some people today, maybe you need to start with just inviting the Holy Spirit. That's where you need to start. You've had walls up for long enough. Today, your start is just to say welcome. You've never even told him welcome. You've never told him welcome. You've actually kept him way out here. Maybe today what you need to do is just start right there. You don't need all the details today. Today you just need a decision. Welcome, Holy Spirit. I don't even know what it's going to look like, but welcome. I want you in my life. Maybe that's where you start today. You say, but I'm Church of Christ. I'm Catholic. I'm Pastor Mike. I've never heard. We're Christians first. What if you just say, welcome, Holy Spirit? For other people, maybe you want the next steps. Maybe you want to talk to myself or someone else and say, okay, I've said welcome. What now? How do I have some of these things in my life? For other people, we are getting ready to pray. I think this is the third time I said I'm going to pray. Usually the third time is the one I'm serious on, but... I've shared this with people over the years. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what the Bible says, oh, taste and see. The first thing you have to do is just say welcome, right? Like, you have to be at least open to be putting the milk in the glass. And then those of you, I heard people talking today about how you love chocolate milk. Want more? Oh, oh, yeah. But if you come week after week and month after month and service after service and you never stir it up, I know there's chocolate in there, but even if you drank that right now, it's not that good. I was raised, you know, I know my dad's watching now, but I was raised to love the Holy Spirit. But then I saw so much weirdness, I'm just being honest with you, about 10 or 12 years ago, I walked away from a lot of it. I'm just being honest with you because it was so weird. My wife is probably the biggest influence on my life. 10 or 11 years ago, telling me, Micah, you know. She would tell me that you know the power of the Holy Spirit. But there was so much craziness with it that was like, I'm not doing all of that. Between God, 
my wife. It was like Micah, the Holy Spirit that came into my life at age five and Montague Prince of Ward Island and multiple other times over my life. You know it's at the bottom. See right there, that's in Micah. And at some point, you gotta stir that up. Paul told Timothy, I want you to stir up what was in your mom and your grandma. And Micah had to come to a moment where I started stirring. Just because we have some weirdness and goofiness, just because a few people have hijacked the Holy Spirit, that does not give us any reason in 2021 to say we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to discuss it. We don't want to open ourselves up to us. I want to say to the world today, I don't think there's ever been a better time than for us to start stirring up the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ and saying, I need the Holy Spirit in my life. So I want to pray with you right now. If you would just close your eyes all over the room. If you need to start with welcome, would you say that to him right now at 10.25 a.m.? Would you just say welcome? If you're online and watching, maybe you've had the wall up. Maybe it's been arm's length, but you want to start right now. Welcome, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, welcome. I want to grow in the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. On this Sunday, I tell you, I don't want to be in control. I don't want to be in control. I want you to control me. If there's things in my life that shouldn't be there, tell me. Tell me. If I need to give, if I need to forgive, tell me. Maybe for others today, you know the Holy Spirit is settled in your life. It's settled. And today you just want to tell them, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Stir it up today. I don't want to live my life with it settled at the bottom. I want it to stir it up. I want it to be stirred up in my life. Would you make this song your prayer right now? Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit. You're welcome at Storyside. You're welcome in my home. And you're welcome in me. You're welcome in me. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. Tell them today. I pray even right now that walls would come down. That inhibitions and fears, they can come down. That the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. If you're physically able, would you just raise a hand? If that's your prayer today, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Just tell them, welcome, Holy Spirit. Stir it up today, God. Stir it up today, God. 
Stir it up today, God. Stir it up today, God.